Hi everybody and welcome to Alan Robson's Grizzly Tales. I thought we would do something a little different because we try very hard to make that happen. And what about people who've just died in downright peculiar ways? Well, in the last week, a man in Vancouver died at a McDonald's drive through Apparently, he opened his car door to get a dropped fork. His car rolled forward and collided with the restaurant's sticky out bit, you know, where the people are who hand you the food, and it pinned him between the car door and the vehicle's frame. Even though they tried to revive him after they eventually got him moved, sadly, he died on the scene. Also, within the last three or four weeks, an Indian gentleman in Amenabad, Gujarati, he died when he covered his penis with epoxy resin instead of buying himself a condom. Now, let's head off to Trigonek, East Java. This guy, Agus his name was, he decided he was going to get a kite for his little boy. So he got the kite, and so that the, the child had something big and chunky to hold on to, he got a block of wood, and he attached the string to it so that the string could never run away. Uh, if it fell to the floor, they'd always be able to pick it up, and you could wrap the string around the big lump of wood. However, the kite line managed to slip from the child's hand. The kite flew up into the air. The block of wood hit the back of Agus's head, killing him instantly. Also, Johanna Santosa, 23-year-old, this happened in June 2020, he was killed in the middle of the road while riding his motorbike. A five-metre-long, thin, glass kite line was stuck to an electrical pole. It hit his neck, cut his neck artery, and he ended up bleeding to death. Now, this is something that I think many people might, you know, if you're in the music industry especially, we've been known to use dry ice, and it creates that smoggy, foggy effect across the floor. Used it a lot in my time. Yet in Russia, three people died of carbon dioxide suffocation and drowning when somebody dropped a huge 55-pound block of dry ice into an indoor swimming pool in a sauna party in Moscow. They wanted it to look cool with a layer of thick white fog over the surface. It created that. Just when the fog dispersed, there were three dead bodies floating on the surface. Valentin Dedenko, Yuri Alfarov and Natalia Monikova. So, what else? I mean, weird happens all the time. For example, Tetsu Shihara was a hiker from Japan. He came from just outside of Tokyo. He decided he was going to live stream an adventure. A lot more people are doing this, sticking a GoPro on their head and saying, I shall now be a quality presenter of some kind. And he decided he was going to climb up Mount Fuji, Japan's sacred mountain. Problem was, this was out of season when it was freezing and a bit icy. And live on screen, he fell to his death, metres from getting to the summit, and just before his fatal fall, he looked into the camera and said, Ooh, this part is dangerous. Can't be helped, though. He then lost his footing, slid down a 30-degree incline, then he fell literally off the side of the mountain. During the fall, his camera captured 
well, a lot of fast-moving images until it stopped. Other things. You know, we are absolutely supportive of anyone who may well be transgender. And in Marion County in Iowa, in America, this was October 2019, a lady by the name of Pamela Crymeyer was 56-year-old and she decided she wanted to make another great posting online like so many people do these days and decided that she'd get all of her family to fill a steel umbrella stand with gunpowder. And the thought was, if you put a, a torch to it, light a match and strike it in there, it would just fire harmlessly sparks up into the air. Instead, the metal pipe didn't contain the explosion and the device became a pipe bomb, killing Pamela because she was stuck and struck in the head by a metal fragment and it killed her instantly. Alina Struthers Gardner from Broadstone in Dorset. She was carrying a mason jar style drinking glass with a screw top lid in her kitchen. She collapsed and its 10 inch stainless steel straw entered her left eye socket, pierced her brain and killed her. You see, it's normally stuff that we're doing that causes us to end up on the slab. Sam Ballard in 2018 got dared by one of his mates to eat a garden slug. He did. And he, he died from a thing called angiostrongoliasis. You don't eat slugs. Not a good idea. And yet I've actually eaten a slug when I went out training with a parachute regiment uh, in, on the Yorkshire Moors, I was trained, but I cooked mine in fairness, and that must have got rid of all the nasty. Jennifer Reardon was a 43 year old in 2018. She was a passenger on board Southwest Airlines Flight 1380. She died after debris from an engine failure smashed the window near her seat. She was partly blown out through it and dangled outside the plane, slamming her body over and over again on the fuselage. Can you imagine how horrific that was? But also, just for a second, imagine you were sitting next to her. So what else? Let's have another one. Well, how about this? Alexander Chechnik. He decided he was going to send his friend a photograph of a grenade with a pin pulled out of it while chatting on social media. He died about two seconds after sending the photo when the grenade exploded in his hand. Police ruled the incident as an accident instead of suicide. We do the dumbest things. Let's tell you about Elizabeth Isherwood. Bless her, 60-year-old died in 2017. She walked naked into an airing cupboard at the villa she was renting and shut the door. When she tried to get out of the airing cupboard, part of the door handle broke off in her hand. She started digging into the wall in an attempt to escape. Instead, burst a pipe, which sprayed water into the cupboard, freezing cold water, causing her to die through hypothermia. She wasn't found for about three days. However, another blogger, because fitness bloggers and people who go on you know, I'm blocking all the time. I want to tell you every single thing I've ever done in my life. 
Rebecca Berger is a fitness blogger. She's also, was a beautiful model. She died after a pressurised can of whipped cream exploded and stuck in her chest. The injury caused her to go into cardiac arrest and she didn't make it. It's hard to believe how many people have died in just odd ways. Irma Buell was a, an Indonesian dangdut singer. Now, she performed with live snakes. So you're thinking, oh, blimey, that's a risk, isn't it, you would imagine? And indeed it was. She got bitten by a king cobra and refused treatment, and she died. Another, just, you'd never believe it if it wasn't true. What about Lottie Belk? She was a 55-year-old lady. She was on Virginia Beach in Virginia, which is a beautiful part of the world, and it was windy. The wind speeds at the time are about 20, 25 miles an hour. Not anything that we've never had in our part of the world, because let's face it, we have a lot of strong, strong winds in the north. She was fatally stabbed in the chest by a beach umbrella blown by a strong wind, impaled her chest, pierced her heart, took her life. Also, a band called Brownstone hit the charts some years ago, and Charmaine Maxwell was a member of that band. Now, she was at a bit of a party, and she died after falling backwards while holding a wine glass. During the fall, the glass shattered on the ground behind her head, and shards of the glass pierced her neck, causing a bleeding that nobody could stop. Let's have some more unbelievable ways that you it's hard to believe people have passed in these ways. Takuya Nagaya was from Japan. He started to slither on the floor, and he told everybody he'd turned into a snake. He died after his dad spent the next two days head-butting and biting him to try and drive out the snake demon that possessed him. Another one. A wheelchair-bound fella called Mr Lee was caught on camera angrily banging on elevator doors three times with his wheelchair when he missed the elevator in a shopping centre in South Korea. The first two bangs loosened the doors. The third bang, the door opened. Lee swept in to find out that the elevator wasn't there and he fell 19 feet to his death with probably the weight of a heavy wheelchair landing on his head. Also, uh, somebody that I've met who was a lovely, lovely fella, Mike Edwards, he was a cellist with uh, the Electric Light Orchestra. He died in September 2010 when a large round bale of hay simply rolled down a hill, went through a hedge and collided with a van he was driving at the time. As I say, it's just hard to believe how easy it is to be killed by something downright peculiar. We know about Steve Irwin, of course, who was pierced in the heart by a short-tailed stingray's barb while he was filming in the Great Barrier Reef. The one thing we never expected from a guy who we thought was crazy to do the stunts that he did, and we totally believed in him, and to get that information was a real shock. Alberto Fargo of Lisbon in Portugal. He died after falling out of a five-storey window whilst dancing the tango. Yeah, didn't see that one coming, and neither did he. Also, 
John Eric Hexham was an American actor and he died when he decided to play a Russian roulette with a .44 Magnum pistol that was loaded with blanks. Now, blanks have paper wadding in them and when he pulled the trigger and he held the gun right against his temple, the paper was propelled with such a force, it's .44 Magnum, that it actually broke his skull causing massive brain bleeding and killing him. Also, a tennis linesman, Dick Wertheim, in 1983, died after a tennis ball hit him in the testicles and he fell out of his chair. And when he didn't get up, everybody thought he was putting it on because, let's face it, we've all had a blow. Most men have had a blow there that uh, was very unpleasant, but it certainly wasn't fatal. But he didn't make it. Also, Lourdes Maria da Silva died after going upstairs carrying a Pyrex bowl. She tripped, broke it, landed on the bits, cut her neck artery. She died on the way to the hospital. You see, quite often, it's really simple things. It's just hard to believe. Now, Alex Mitchell, for example, watched an episode of The Goodies called The Kung Fu Capers, and he laughed non-stop for 25 minutes and died from heart failure. Apparently his granddaughter was uh, had a genetic condition called Long QT Syndrome. He had it too, and it cost him his life laughing at the goodies. Sherwood Anderson, an American writer, died of peritonitis after accidentally swallowing a toothpick. There's, there's some famous ones. For example, Isadora Duncan, very, very famous actress from back in the day. She broke her neck when she was driving in a soft-top car and her scarf got caught in the back wheel, choked her to death, and Frank almost took her head off. And, and, okay, let's look at religion just for a moment. You know how I feel about religion, but let's go with it anyway. An unnamed man was beaten to death with a Bible during a healing ceremony that went wrong in Honolulu. He was being treated for malaria when his family picked up a Bible and summoned a kahuna. Now, a kahuna is a holy man, and they tried to exorcise the demons and devils that were supposedly possessing him, and the kahuna beat him to death with a Bible, the book that he insisted that the kahuna use. Now, if you've watched many cowboy films, you will have heard of the Pinkerton Detective Agency. And that was the first, probably the first detective agency that anybody's ever heard of. And Alan Pinkerton, he died on the 1st of July in 1884. He tripped on the pavement, bit his tongue really badly. It became infected with gangrene. Game over. How about, we could go back a bit further. Moliere, famous French playwright. He suffered a pulmonary hemorrhage caused by TB while he played the part of a hypochondriac in his own play, Le Malade Imaginaire. He was convulsing and spewing on stage, and everybody thought, what an actor this guy is. And his character ends up dying in a chair. Moliere died in that chair. And after the show, he was carried in the chair to his house, where he finally passed away. Let's see if there's any more that you may have heard of. Very famous people. Uh, the Duke of Clarence, we know about him. He died in drowning in a barrel of wine. 
It was his choice. He was told that he had to be executed, so he chose to drown in a barrel of his favourite wine, which was called Malmsey. Who else is Keith famous? King Edward II, maybe. A lot of people say, was told, or the rumours went round, that he'd been murdered after being deposed and imprisoned by his wife Isabella and her secret love, Roger Mortimer, by having a horn pushed into his anus through which a red-hot poker was inserted, burning out all of his internal organs without marking his body. Mind you, nobody proved it. Nobody looked up there after. So was it true or was it? Well, we don't know. Also, King Henry I, he ate too many lampreys. Now, a lamprey is a vampiric fish. He got teeth that cling onto the sides of other swimming creatures, even human beings, if you're daft enough to swim amongst them. And he ate too many, despite what his doctor was saying. And he died. Uh, we all know the famous Edmund Ironside. He was King of England in 1016. He was stabbed while sitting on the toilet by an assassin that crawled into the poo pit underneath it and progged him uh, up the... <laughs> With a sword. How about that? See, even when you go back a ways, some amazing stories. But what saints, a lot of saints have died in downright peculiar ways. Um, how about St. Lawrence? Yeah, roasted alive on a giant grill during the persecution of Valerian. Now, he joked with the people that tied him to the grill, thinking, well, nobody's going to cook a human being. So he said, turn me over, you lot. I'm done on this side. And they turned him over and grilled him to death. St. Peter, there's another one. He was crucified upside down in Rome, not for listening to Black Sabbath. Um, he refused his claim of being unworthy to die the same way as his saviour. So they crucified him upside down. We think... AD 64 to 68. However, nobody wrote this down till 380 AD, which means it's quite possible somebody just made that up. Okay, let's go back. Can we go back even? How far back can we go? 620 BC, a lawmaker called Draco of Athens was smothered to death by gifts of cloaks and hats that people brought to him to say thank you for being such a great playwright and at a theatre in Aegina. How about that? Odd and downright peculiar. You know, Pythagoras, I don't mean do you know the maths, including Pythagoras, because frankly, nobody really does, unless they're serious mathematicians. Now, one legend about him, which means it is open to be not true, and... Pythagoras apparently was murdered by his political enemies and he tried to outrun them, but he came to a bean field and he refused to run through the bean field because prohibited beans were in that field, meaning they were ritually unclean. And since cutting through the field would violate his own teachings, he stopped running and they killed him. I'm sorry, I'd have mashed them beans first. I wouldn't have even thought about that. Aeschylus, according to Valerius Maximus, Aeschylus was the oldest of three great tragedians. 
and he was killed by a tortoise dropped by an eagle that had mistaken his bald head for a rock suitable for shattering the shell of the reptile. So the bird swings down with the tortoise to smash the shell, hitting him on the head and killing him dead. Sophocles, there's another one. A lot of legends about his life, but one said that he died after hearing that his last play had been fabulous. He died of suffocation after reading aloud a lengthy monologue about how people had loved his play. What a way to go if you're a playwright. We have Agothocles, a Greek tyrant. He was murdered with a poisoned toothpick. Have a toothpick, you got something in your teeth, boss. And he's gone. How about that? So many people have died peculiar deaths. So I thought I would look elsewhere. And while we're on this downright peculiar and precarious, uh, I, I thought, well, how many people do you think have died on the toilet? And look, right from the 12th century BC, we've got people, uh, Egeon, king of Moab, assassinated by a left-handed judge while sitting on the toilet. The Duke Jing of Jin in China died falling into a toilet. Arius of Constantinople died from explosive farts while in a public toilet. His bum went up. And then we have hundreds of these. Let's move to the 20th century. Who died on the toilet? George Dyer in Paris, an overdose of amphetamines while using the toilet. We've got Robert Pastorelli overdosed on morphine, sitting on a toilet, 2004. Elvis Presley, cardiac arrest on the toilet. Judy Garland, diarrhea fit on the toilet. You see what I mean? It's unbelievable how common it is for people to die in peculiar ways. Okay, we've, we've looked at a few sexual ones over the years, but... Famous people who died having consensual sex. Shall we look there? Attila the Hun. He died when his penis exploded after he's had a wedding night with his new braid. And his, uh, some people say he had a nosebleed and the blood wasn't getting out of his system enough. And because he was aroused and a lot of the blood was elsewhere, it popped his penis. Pope John Twelfth died having sex with a prostitute called Stefanetta. And uh, Pope Leo VIII died in the process of having a fling with a member of his congregation. Lord Palmerston, Prime Minister of Britain, died in 1865. He was having sex with a maid on a billiard table. I'm not going to do the joke about uh, was he going for the pink or a difficult brow. I'm going to leave it where it is and move on. Nelson Rockefeller, the former vice president of the USA, died of a heart attack in 1979, aged 70, caused by an orgasm with his secretary, Meghan Marshak. Whoa! Japanese writer Isamu Togawa suffered heart failure during having sex in a hotel room. And uh, said he liked rough sex. He didn't survive it. And a woman from Houston died in 1997, falling from a balcony while having sex with a boss. 
And a York County, Pennsylvania woman died in 2008 electrocuted by homemade nipple clamps. Now, wait, think just for a second. I need a little bit of extra. So I'm going to plug my nipples into the electric. Her death was ruled as homicide. And a Florida man in 2017 was charged with the murder of his girlfriend. Uh, He said that she died accidentally from asphyxiation while performing oral sex on him. Prosecutors and a medical expert found that the defence was implausible. However, ultimately, the man was found not guilty on appeal. So uh, just got to be a bit careful with uh, how you, you know, do the do. One of the horrible ways of committing a crime is, well, necrophilia. It's it's not a nice thing at, at any level. It's said that sailors travelling home on board ships who hadn't had sex for weeks and sometimes years, they would have sex with corpses on board the ship just to get it out of their system. This was a common practice in ancient Egypt and they had to try and discourage intercourse with dead people. But the Egyptians left deceased beautiful women to decay for three or four days before giving them to embalmers and a lot of these people had sex with the beautiful dead women. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we say grizzly, blamey, we mean it, don't we? Do you know what I mean? Some of this is just just scary and horrible. Some animals uh, actually have sex with dead other animals, sometimes animals that they, that they kill. Uh, there's a penguin that does it called an Adelie penguin. There's a sea lion in New Zealand that apparently does it. Rock doves do it. Some leopard lizards do it. Male garter snakes copulate with dead females. Uh, it's just uh, not great. And when you look at some of the names of necrophiliacs, Jeffrey Dahmer, he had oral sex with some of the people he killed after they were dead. Ted Bundy. Karen Greenlee, Dennis Nielsen. Do you see what I mean? It happens all over the place, and it's a crime all over the place too. Scary, awful, nasty. There are so many different ways that people have died mysteriously. Toilet-related deaths, incredibly common, as we've heard. So let's pick... A slightly different way of going. And this is entertainers who died during a performance. And you'll be really, really surprised at some of these incredible things that have happened. Back in 1873, an actress called Matilda Pascali died from injury suffered on stage playing the part of an angel in the play Don Juan de Marana. Stagehands just... The rope slipped out of their hands. Down she came, splat. Let's get into the 20th century. And a surprising number. Uh, Do you know Donald O'Connor? He was the star of High Society. He was the comedy actor in that amazing film. His dad, Chuck O'Connor, 
died of a heart attack while dancing on stage in the Family Act back in 1927. So who else? Gareth Jones was playing a character who died of a heart attack in a sci-fi play called Underground on ABC Television's Armchair Theatre. And he died of a heart attack in between scenes. And the actors had, because it was a live show, actors had to act around him. An amazing superstar actor, Tyrone Power, suffered a huge heart attack, filming a dueling scene with his co-star and best friend George Sanders in a film called Solomon and Sheba. He died on the way to hospital, aged only 44. So, who else? Anybody that you may well have heard of? Surprisingly, quite a few. Kenneth Horn had uh, an amazing radio comedy show back in the 60s called Round the Horn. Well, he died of a heart attack hosting uh, the Guild of Television Producers and Directors Awards at the Dorchester Hotel. And we have people like Les Harvey, lead guitarist of the Glasgow band Stone the Crows. He was electrocuted by his microphone performing on stage at Swansea's top rank ballroom. A lot of people mention, oh, you've got to be careful with microphones and stuff. You absolutely do. British actor and carry-on superstar Sid James died at Sunderland Empire on the opening night of his stage show, The Mating Season. We had Tommy Cooper. He died live on television. Bless him. Uh, Vic Morrow and his two children died in an accident while they were filming The Twilight Zone. They were filming a scene set in the Vietnam War and uh, the helicopter they were in was hovering 25 feet above them when a pyrotechnic explosion caused it to crash on top of them, killing all three of them instantly. Somebody again that I've met, member of traffic, Rebop Quackabar, died of a cerebral hemorrhage while performing in Sweden in 1983. So many superstars. Eric Morecambe, died of a heart attack just as he left the stage of the Roses Theatre in Tewkesbury, dying in hospital. Then, same year, Leonard... Was it the same year? It was pretty damn close. I, th- I think it was the same year. Leonard Rossiter died of a heart attack in his dressing room at the Lyric Theatre just before going on stage. So, people we've heard of, absolutely. And a lot of them too. Passing away... Sylvia Sims, a jazz cabaret singer, died of a heart attack in New York City's Oak Room. Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, he was filming The Crow in North Carolina. A prop gun had been loaded and the blank cartridge propelled a bullet into Lee and killed him. Bernard Breslow, another comedy star from the Carry-Ons, he died of a sudden heart attack in his dressing room at the Open Air Theatre in Regent's Park. And so it goes on. Tiny Tim, do you remember Tiptoe Through the Tulips? Big hit. He had a fatal heart attack while turning to leave the stage after a benefit concert in Minneapolis. And still they go. Somebody I love, Johnny Guitar Watson. Loved his work. He died on stage in Japan. Another heart attack. You've got to be careful and you've got to... Uh, Gan canny, I think is the phrase. Dimebag... 
Daryl Abbott from Pantera was murdered on stage by a gunman while performing with his new band Damage Plan in Columbus, Ohio. So many famous people lost in so many ways. And a right mixture of uh, Grizzly, Grizzly Tales podcast tonight. I hope you have enjoyed it. I'm going to give you one final story to keep you going. And it's an old styler. So we are heading off to Berwick-upon-Tweed and the story of the Bleating Bairn. Now, the savage North Sea has kept northerners fed since the dawn of time, long before the Romans, back to at least 6,000 years ago. Old tribal fisherfolk came to this area near the sea to thrive from its abundance of fish, seafood and birds. And on Spittle Beach, which is a beautiful beach, they discovered old remains where the old tribesmen and women deposited their rubbish. Old scallop shells after its contents had been eaten, lots of seabird bones, shells of every type, rubbish of very different lives found in ancient middens. And in this area of Berwick is where there is the story of a young lad who inhabitants have heard sobbing there for almost 700 years. Now, the ancient pagans, essentially the people without any gods, just a firm belief in basic nature, used to give a token to the sea every time they took from it. They would give a fish back. They'd throw in a shiny pebble or a model they've carved from wood or stone just to say thank you to the sea. And Roman sailors copied this practice, dropping in a coin, some jewellery, a sword to placate the swirling waters of the sea and keep them safe. When the Vikings came over, they heard about the practice. They continued it, but they took it to a very different place. Occasionally chucking a human being in there for sacrifice, usually one of the rich portly friars who badly used their slaves to live a fine life pretending to serve God. The Vikings had even skinned a priest alive, folded the skin into a book-sized parcel and then hurled that into the deep and to this very day, some Berwick fishermen still flick a coin into the sea if the weather looks rough or balmy. They obviously didn't do it enough, because in 1881 there was an incredible storm where almost 200 fisherfolk lost their lives. Half of the population of Eyemouth lost someone, the others from Berwick. And this is where the story of Archie Duncan comes in. This young man had three older brothers and a valiant father who all fished on board the family Coble and had ventured away for weeks at a time to return with bulging stores of fish of every size and shape. Well, one Monday, little Archie told his mammy that he'd seen his daddy's boat tip over in heavy seas while he was sleeping, just dreaming it, and he woke up crying. Dinner ye bleat, said your mam. Your daddy's too good a sailor to let that happen. The fishing boat was being repaired, but they were due to leave that following Friday, a day that that part of Northumberland still calls Black Friday. Every night that week, young Archie would wake up screaming, telling his mum that he'd endured the same dream. Even his father tried to reassure him, but little Archie, who was barely eight, begged him not to go to sea that week. He said, go next week, Daddy, and all will be well, but not on Friday, Daddy. We'll never see us again. The young man's persistent gave his brothers a bit of a worry, but once more his father told him that he'll be back on Sunday and he'd see him then. So 
Archie and his mammy walked down to the dock, waved them away, even though it wasn't yet five in the morning. But it was a good healthy tide, and the weather seemed fine. His father reached into his pocket for a tribute for the sea, but he didn't have any coins. He asked his sons. None of them had a penny to their name. And this made wee Archie lose it. He raced along the stony beach, and he found a shining pebble with a hole in it. He raced back to throw it in. But it was too late. The cobble was already 200 yards offshore, bouncing on the waves, following other boats into the daily unknown. Less than an hour later, Berwick's locals, walking dogs, all raced back to their homes. A storm had erupted from nowhere, rain hammered into their faces from the sea, and the swell began to crash down along the pier. The only person on the entire pier was little Archie. Sobbing and crying, he knew for sure he'd never see his daddy and his brothers again. And each night his mother came down in the horrific weather, winds that had stripped roofs of their tails, the tip of a church steeple had collapsed into the church, and a boat that was tied to the dock had been crushed into matchwood. Finally, in monsoon-like rain, families began gathering on the dock, yet none of the fishing boats returned. One badly damaged had managed to creep back to Eyemouth with tales of a 50-foot swell that had sunk everything it had hit, sweeping them up like they weren't there. After the swell leaving only the odd piece of wood on the flailing arm of a drowning man, it was a massacre. These hardy sailors had seen many a storm, yet nothing like this. Young Archie and his mum had no way of making a living. And the several versions of this legend, almost certainly based on truth, one said that the family died of typhus the following winter, leaving poor Archie's spirit walking along the pier every night. And thousands have seen the wee grey spirit of a boy in short trousers, and many more have heard his bleating cries. Yet the story that most have spoken to seems to believe. After a ceremony on the dock to remember those lost, his mother took Archie towards their small wooden cottage in Spittle. They walked hand in hand along the sandy beach when suddenly she turned to the sea. Archie, she said, shall we go and see Daddy and your brothers? They're just out there. And Archie said, oh yes please Mummy. One old fisherman was sitting on a cliff top mending his nets and he told his pals in the tavern that night that he'd seen the strangest thing. The old codger told a bar full of at least 60 people that whilst working on his torn net, he'd watched a woman with a wee boy start walking into the sea. He said he was just about to shout at them to call them back to the shore when he saw a group of four men in the sea walking out to meet them. One of the men hugged the woman, then picked up the wee boy, and they all just disappeared out of sight. Within seconds, the beach was just as it is now, empty, with the odd plaintive cry of an overfed seagull. Yet every night, that vivid image of Archie returns as a warning to all fisherfolk to pay that tribute to the incredible wild North Sea. And if you listen quietly any evening... You hear him. And having visited that pier in the early hours on numerous occasions, even I have, and it's a noise that sends the hair on the back of your neck dancing. And one day I'll see him too, returning in a desperate attempt to keep all the other fishermen safe. And that's our grisly tales for tonight. 
Hope you've enjoyed it. And until we're back together again, from me, Alan Robson, God bless you, and I wish you well.